Welcome to Regen. Um, let's give them a, a, round of a round of applause. Do so well. His name's Travis. He's a good looking man. Um, my name is Bryce. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from fear of man, pride, low self-worth, and this past week, I would say a critical spirit. Well, hey, y'all, I just wanted to encourage you, if y'all are here um, and you're going through the steps right now, I recently just, re- uh, we're doing a staff group going through Regen, started in step one um, every day, and I'm already like trying to catch back up um, because life gets busy, and so it's hard to devote every single day to it, but um, to y'all who have been faithful to do it, um, so proud of you. Thank you for doing that. God's moving and he's changing, he's teaching. I believe that, we believe that. So just wanted to encourage you that I'm in it with you. Um, you're not alone there. But going through region, you start thinking a lot about your past, start thinking about high school. And if you didn't know this about me, um, well, if you do know me, you know that I love wrestling. Wrestling, I'll, it's kind of like my love language. I walk into the hallway and I grab somebody at the arm, they're like, dog, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just sorry, I'm just trying to love you. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but I wrestled in high school, and I really had the great privilege of being on a team that was fairly good um, in our state, in Oklahoma, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yes, go Nears and Pokes. Um, but got the chance to wrestle for them um, with a lot of great guys, loved it. And during that time, what I really realized about the sport of wrestling is that the people who go and they decide they want to wrestle are like crazy. Like, not really normal. A lot of the guys are, like, walking around with, like, big eyes. And I'm like, I'm going to wrestle over here. I'm going to stay over here. Um, <laughs> um, but, ooh, sorry. But um, the people who go into wrestling are willing to really do whatever it takes to become the best. And you see that and you, with the stories that you hear about it. They cut weight. And they'll, like, work out really hard. They'll diet. Um, and so I remember being a senior in high school and trying to cut weight to, a certain, to, a, to be in a certain weight class so I could wrestle and having to like change my whole lifestyle in order to get to this weight so I could wrestle. Then one day, October, November time during the season, I was in practice, long story short, got in a weird position, tore my ACL, clean cut. Like right in practice, hurt really bad, didn't feel good. Next day, woke up, leg was swollen. Three weeks, couldn't really walk on it normal until the swelling went down. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. That year, like I was saying, we had a good chance to be the best in the state. And I wanted nothing more than to be the best team in the state of Oklahoma at wrestling. And so I went, I really put my, I continued to change my lifestyle and I put myself back into harm's way um, by continuing to wrestle when I didn't have an ACL. And what that led me to is tearing my lateral meniscus and my medial meniscus. So I had a completely ripped up knee by the end of it and all for like, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, man, what did I even do that for? I just really wanted to be the best. And I realized the best thing that I got out of it was as significant as this piece of metal right here that just tells me how much I weighed at the time, you know, and has like a couple guys grabbing each other as like a little wrestling thing. But this is the most significant thing that I got out of putting myself in harm's way. It made me realize like people will go to extremes to get what they value the most. And so it is with our idols. We'll go to the extreme in order to get what we really want, right? And our idols, if you've been with us, we've been in a new new series called Idols. And we talk about what idolatry is the first week. And to recap on that, idolatry is valuing anything more than you value God. 
And what you give most value to is what you will worship. And the point I'm trying to make here is that what you worship, you will go to the extreme in order to get. Whether it's giving your life away, changing your lifestyle, putting yourself in harm's way, you'll do anything to get what you really, really want. And last week we talked about comfort. John did an amazing job with that, convicting for me. And this week we're talking about the idolatry of acceptance the idolatry of, an ex- of acceptance. And before I get there, I wanna <clears throat> and talk about what that looks like in our lives. I wanna talk about what the definition of, ex- of acceptance is because I think it's really helpful for us all get on the same page. Here it is. I, put, I looked it up on the internet, just the def- definition of acceptance. And the first two that came up, I was just like blown away. I was like, dang, this is, hits me already. Um, the first one is the act, acceptance is the action of consenting to receive consenting to receive or to undertake something offered. That's what acceptance is. You're consenting to receive something that's being offered to you. The second one is the action or process of being received as adequate, like enough, or suitable, typically to be admitted into a group. And when I was reading that, I was like, man, if you struggle with the idolatry of acceptance, like, it, like me, myself, I'm talking about myself and I've said it up here a, a ton of times, then constantly, no matter where we are, we are, we are um, consistently offering ourselves like subconsciously in every single situation we come to, to other people. We're like offering ourselves to people and waiting for them to consent to receive us. Like we want them to consent to receive us as a person And if they do consent to receive us, that means that we are adequate or enough or suitable for them. We want to be wanted. That's what the idolatry of acceptance looks like at the heart level. Like all you want is to be accepted. You don't care what else, what you gotta do to get it, but you want to be wanted by people. Um, And if this is you in the room, just know that you're not alone. It's me too. And I just want you to know as well that the idea of being accepted is not a bad thing. Like we were created by a God who created you with a purpose and to find your significance and acceptance in him. But what happens when, you, when we rebel against him and we turn to the world for acceptance instead of God, the only one who has the authority to define you and to attribute worth to you, when we do that, things get messy and it can be destructive. Um, and so, I wanna to talk tonight a little bit about how or some ways we see this in our lives. And, I, and I want, when I read some of these li- this list, I just want you to know that I, when I was writing all these down, I was like, dang, this is me. This has been me. This is me now. Um, and this will probably be me tomorrow. This is me on the stage right now. Um, and so I want you to know you're not alone in the way that the, the, way that, uh, in the things that I'm talking about tonight. Um, but I believe that God wants to set you free. If you're here in the room tonight and you're hearing this, you're like, oh man, that's me. That's God revealing that to you so that you can then give that true acceptance or go to God for that true acceptance that you're searching for. And so one of the ways that we see this in our lives oftentimes, and this can be um, a thing that brings people into the room. And so some of the people here probably are, have experienced some harm because of this and this is what brought them to region. But we, in order to gain acceptance, we'll go and we'll give ourselves away sexually. Like we'll give our bodies away in order to feel accepted by others. And oftentimes we hear this with women, like women will give their bodies away. You hear the stories, it's kind of, it's, it's almost like a stereotype of like women getting used um, for sexual acts. And that, and, but a lot of times at the root of that, it's to be accepted. But the truth about it also is that it's not just women who give themselves away sexually for acceptance. It's men too. 
Like the men in the room, you know about the times when you've gone and you've done some sexual act with a woman or with pornography, whatever it may be, in order to feel accepted. We will, do, we will enact in sexual things to feel accepted. Or body image. Like you're in the gym pumping iron every single day and you got like, you got like four things of protein and the pre-workout and the pills and you're like, you know, and you're like, you've always got veins bulging out everywhere and you're always constantly in the gym because you want people to want you because you think if you look good enough um, or you meet some standard that, you, that is perceived, um, people will love you or want you or maybe it's like unnecessarily strict dieting to make yourself look a certain way, or maybe it's starving yourself or making yourself throw up. Like we'll go to extremes because we think that if we look good, people will want us, we will be accepted by them. We'll give our lives, your quality of life diminish, throwing up, just whatever, whatever it takes, we'll do it, right? Maybe even in social aspects, something kind of like minuscule that we don't really think about all the time is Instagram. Like we go and we're worshiping um, the acceptance that we receive from posting things on Instagram in order to get more likes or to get more interaction. We want people to want us based on what we do and having them see it. Or um, maybe in, in a less like social media technology way, but just like your job. Like a job's a good thing, but the only way you feel accept is, accepted is if you have that certain level of pay or you have that job title, or you have that responsibility. Because you think if you have like this higher responsibility or this higher job title, people will respect you and want to be around you or will want you in their life. Here's another really weird one that is kind of like regards to like social, and this happened to me yesterday, so I'm kind of putting myself in the same boat. I struggle with idolatry of acceptance. Yesterday, I was at home, I was thinking, trying to figure out what I'm gonna talk about here. And then um, somebody texted me and they're like, hey man, you wanna go to dinner? And I knew in my mind, I was like, I can't because I have to work on this talk. And so what I did was I texted them like, hey bro, I'm sorry, like I gotta work on my talk, um, not tonight, like maybe sometime this week. And then I put the phone down and I walked away. And then as later on, I come back by and I see them text me back again. And I didn't, I didn't look at the text because I was afraid of how he would think of me or how he would respond to me because I turned him down. It's like, because I let him down, I didn't wanna know like how he was gonna respond to me. And that's just people pleasing. That's another way of looking at it. It's like, I want to please people so that they will, make, they will accept me. And if I turn them down, then maybe I'm less worthy of being accepted. Maybe they won't, they won't want me around. Or we see this in codependent relationships. Like you're never not in a relationship, no matter what it is. Like you need that locking on, you need that person to lock arms with. And sometimes it can get really, really, it can be sporadic, like people will go from relationship to relationship to relationship, whether it be romantic or just like in a friendship way, or they'll just stick and they'll smother the person that they're trying to get this affirmation from. And that's, and, and we see that and that seems like kind of normal, but another, another way that we see this in the need for acceptance is kind of really confusing. Like we'll do really crazy things in order to feel accepted, but it's the person, and this is me, full vulnerability. I will be out on people before they're out on me. Like if I, if I interact with somebody and I sense, and this has been true, I was talking to John Elmore about it earlier today. The first time I kind of met him, he was like, hey buddy, Bryce is gonna meet you. And he gave me a hug and he's like, love you bro. And I was like, what are you? And I walked away because I didn't really know what to do. I didn't like trust. Um, like I just had this fear 
and wanting to be accepted by him, but I didn't, didn't, couldn't trust him because I was too afraid of not being accepted. So I wouldn't avail myself to being cared for by him. And so we become out on people before they're out on us because we want, them, we want to be so accepted, we're afraid what would happen if we feel unaccepted. And that's me. And when you do this, Regent, when you, don't, when, you, when you idolize acceptance and you don't feel it, like you don't get it, um, it leads us to go and cope in really unhealthy ways, really, really unhealthy ways. And I wanna um, speak to this real quick because last week John spoke about cut or comfort as an idol and how you know, he'll walk in after region or whatever it may be, he'll see the Oreos, he's like, I'm gonna eat this whole thing right now. And then he'll eat it and afterwards he's like, dang, why did I do that? Um, whatever it may be, or like the three bowls of cereal at midnight or whatever it looks like for comfort, for the sake of comfort. But what I wanna say that the tricky thing about idolatry and sin is that it's confusing and that it's never as clear cut as we want it to be. And a lot of them overlap. And so what I, what I wanna share with me is like when you don't feel accepted, it's kind of that, and, and like maybe you get rejected, right? You like dating somebody, you get rejected by them. And then it's kind of that rom-com like moment where the girl, she's like goes home, she shuts her door. Well, she stops by the store first and she buys a whole tub of bluebell ice cream. And she goes home and she watches some sad movie and she's eating it, bawling, right? And then that music's playing. It's like, I don't even know what song would be, but something sad maybe. And then you see the guy like sitting there swirling the whiskey at the bar. He's like, ugh, like, <laughs> this sucks or whatever. Both of them got rejected. And then they go and they try to cope in some way so they don't feel as bad about themselves, right? Like that's like a funny way of seeing it, but it's pretty typical. And I think it's because the whole world has been trying to cope with the feeling of being unaccepted for a long time that it's just seeped into the way that we, um, you know, our humor, our comedy. But that's just a small glimpse into what we do because we do it all the time. If you, it can't, like, um, having the idolatry of comfort can cause you to go drink, but having the idolatry of acceptance and not feeling acceptance can go cause you to want to escape. And the way you escape is just getting belligerently drunk. Like, you don't feel good enough at work. And so you come home after a long day, you just drink some just to take the edge off. Or... You don't feel accepted, so then you go to pornography because you're not rejected there. You can't be. Um, really anything, drugs, to numb or escape this feeling of being unaccepted. So it could be an idolatry of comfort, but you could also be trying to comfort yourself because you don't feel accepted. And so it's helpful. Be prayerful. Ask yourself, what is it that I idolize the most? What do I want the most? And then see where you go. Um, and here, just to, and for another part of my story, um, I struggled with pornography and masturbation for a long time. Like, was introduced to it in middle school. Um, and then when I, was, when I was fighting against pornography, like truthfully being discipled, when I, was, when I found freedom from um, pornography and masturbation, the thing that turned the dial for me is I realized that like my pornography problem wasn't a pornography problem. My pornography problem was a lonely problem. Like I felt lonely, at, like when I was struggling, I was in the thick of it and I was like late and I would be tempted. And then because I'd been taught and discipled and people were telling me these things, I was like, oh, like what happened today? I would just try, I'd start trying to like think about it. And I realized it was because somebody said something to me that made me feel unworthy. And that's the deception of Satan. It's because he's gonna tell you, he's gonna tell you that you're unworthy, but he's gonna tell you through your feelings. He's not gonna tell you, right? you're not gonna go home and be like, oh man, I feel unworthy today. And so I'm just gonna go drink a whole bottle of scotch and throw my life away. Like that's not what you're gonna do. He's gonna make you feel unworthy and you make you wanna numb it. 
But by God's grace, tonight I pray that he would reveal that to you and that he wouldn't allow the enemy to continue to deceive you into doing these things. And all these things, as you continue to run after the brokenness of the world over and over and over again, because we wanna feel accepted, it leaves you exhausted, right? You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being anxious because I'm worried about what people are thinking of me. Like you walk into a store, and I know y'all know this, and I'm just be straight with each other. Y'all walk into a store, you don't know anybody in there, and you're just like worried about what people think of you. Like it doesn't matter who they are, you're just like wondering, like, oh man, like, do my shoes look cool? Whatever, you know, like, I don't, it doesn't matter, but you're worrying about it so much, and then over time it just creates anxiousness because they're not the only people that you're worried about. You're worried about your coworkers, you're worried about your parents, your friends, it doesn't matter who. You're worried and anxious about your identity because you're finding it in the opinion of man and being accepted by them. Am I adequate? Am I suitable? And Regent, I, I just wanna tell you tonight that you don't have to be anxious anymore. Like freedom is for you. Freedom is for you today. Shout out John's book if you haven't read it. But freedom can come to you tonight. And it's because in the midst of you going to the extreme in order to feel accepted, God went to the extreme, the great extreme, to make sure you knew that you were accepted. He went to the great extreme to make sure that you know that you are accepted. If you are here in this room tonight, you are wanted and loved by God, not because, not because of anything that you're doing. It literally cannot be because of anything that you're doing because the scripture tells us that it was even before the foundations of the earth, before like stars existed, God had, a, had you in mind and he's like, you are mine. I attribute worth. I am the authority, God says. I'm the only one who can tell anyone or anything what worth they have. And before anything was in existence, he thought of you and he crowned you with glory because you were made in his image. Ephesians 1, and this is what we know, like I'm not just making this up, like the scripture tells us God gives us the gift of the word so that we would know his character and his desire for us. Ephesians 1, verse four and five says, even as he chose us, he chose you, in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love. I used to think that God was like, because God was God, he could not love me, and so I got, my, I got in my head, this is how this, Satan was deceiving me, and maybe this is for you too. I got in my head that like God couldn't deny me because he was God. But he didn't really love me for me. But the scripture tells us right here that he says, in love he predestined you. In love he predestined us for adoption, like you are his daughter, you are his son. To himself, as sons, through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, he didn't make a mistake. God is all-knowing. He can see the beginning and the end. He encompasses it. He created it. It says, to according to the purpose of his will, he did not make a mistake. He knew what he was doing. He knows you inside and out, and he chose you, and he adopted you. That means that your worth was determined before you were born. You can't do anything to mess it up. No matter what anybody says of you, you can't destroy your worth because God determined it before anything came into existence. 
so much so, like his desire for you is so significant that even when you rebelled against him, he created you to be in right relationship with him. Even when you rebelled against him, spat in his face, turned away from him, I don't need you. I want creation. I got my own thing going on. When you did that, his desire was so much for you his, his, because he determined your worth prior to. He knew what you were gonna do and he decided to run after you anyways. Like when I said that God went to the great extreme to show you your acceptance, how much he accepts you. Romans 5.8 says this, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The scripture goes on after that and says like, even a good man would scarcely die for another good man. Like there's no way another guy would literally sacrifice his life for this other person if, if, if this person was completely pure and this person wasn't. But God himself, knowing all that you've ever done, knowing your sin better than you know your sin, died for you so that you would know his love for you and that you would come into a right relationship with him. The God of the universe determined your worth before the world existed. And when you believe this to be true, Regent, you can walk freely. Like, you, like feeling anxious and broken or anxious and not enough because of what, people, what you think people think of you when and oftentimes you're just making up in your mind because no one's saying it, when you walk and you're so anxious about that and then you realize God's goodness and his love for you, you can walk in peace. Peace exists. I've experienced it when God gifts me with not worrying about what other people think. And that can be for you tonight because he loves you. So my question for you tonight as you go here into your groups is where do you seek acceptance do you seek it in what people think of you or do you seek it in what God defines you as? Not just says, but defines you. And tonight we're gonna hear a story, a life story, a miracle of God's grace when someone sees God for who he is and his loving kindness and accepts him and steps into a relationship with him and then finds freedom. His name's Glenn. He's gonna share with you guys tonight. So let's give him a round of applause as he comes up.